This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. We're going to do things a little bit different here today. I felt the Lord speak to me last night and this morning and confirm that, and then I forgot about it, and the Lord reminded me again. This is what I want you to do. Um, we're going to take a moment here today, and I want you to, how many has a Bible or an app on you that has a Bible? I want you to turn in your Bible to the scripture that you are encouraged by the most. Something that speaks to you, that, you know, that encourages you, lifts you up. Maybe it's a promise in the Bible. Maybe it's a, uh, a something in the scripture that is a, uh, it has to be no more than two verses. Somebody say two verses. Um, maybe a verse or two. Maybe it's out of Psalms 23. Maybe it's Psalms 34. Maybe it's out of Isaiah. Maybe it's, um, uh, who, who knows, maybe it's the book of Acts. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We need to be reminded of ourselves of that every once in a while. Amen. And um, But I, what I want you to do is I want you to, Turn there, and I want you to have that ready. Have that ready. Now, I just really perked your interest now, hopefully, or you're turning me off. I don't know which. Um, but we're going to get into a subject matter today that uh, um, I believe with the help of the Lord here today and the leading of the Lord we are going to see something great happen in our midst here today. How many want to leave here better than what you came? All right. I got an amen, a few amens, a few nods. Uh, when we come to the house of God, we need to leave better than what we come because two things are happening. The word of God is declared. Well, more than, more than two things. The word of God is being declared. We are worshiped together. And you should be strengthened by your brothers and sisters that are in this house. Um, we are here to edify one another, lift each other up. And um, encourage one another in the Lord. Um, let's go. I want to have you. I'm going to read. You don't have to turn there if you've already got your Bibles. But if you can hold your place, uh, maybe you can um, turn with me to the book of Genesis. And um, I want to wear you all out in the book of Genesis. Amen. Because there's some things in here that um, God just showed me again. Verse chapter number three, and um, I want to talk to us about deception, deception in time. And I've used this thought before, but I believe the Lord has given me a little bit more revelation into this, and I'm going to talk to us about us being deceived about time and, um, and how this plays out. Um, Genesis chapter number three, and it says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, you may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. The Lord said, 
Um, Eve said in verse number three, neither shall you touch it lest you die. The serpent said, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. I want to talk to you today about deception of time. Deception of time. Um, uh, there is, and I, I think I've shared this story before, but how many's ever been to the ocean or been to the Gulf of Mexico or been to maybe in a pool in the backyard and had to, did a wave pool in your backyard? Uh, maybe you were a kid and you splashed in your um, uh, bathtub and you created big waves. Um, uh, I've several been to the, been fortunate enough to go to the Gulf of Mexico a few times, and um, there was one day. Um, a couple, three or four years ago, we were down there, and uh, the waves were a little bit bigger than I was perhaps accustomed to, and uh, the kids were not accustomed to it yet because we're not obviously in the ocean very much, and, and um, there was a thing called a wave that came, and it knocked me on my rear end. Now, that takes a pretty good wave to knock me over. Um, it knocked me on my rear end, and I, it stunned me for a second. And it took me a moment to get up, uh, but what I noticed is if I didn't get up right away, guess what's coming? Another wave. And, and if I didn't get up on that second wave, guess what's coming after that second wave? Another wave's coming. Um, that's, that's, that's the way time works. Time works, it's going to come, and it doesn't stop for anybody. It doesn't stop for anybody. And one of the things that the devil wanted to do in the very beginning with man is to deceive them about time. Now think about it for a moment. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and the serpent came to, to Eve and tried to deceive her that she would not die. Therefore, she had all the time in the world. But the Lord said, you would die. The deception of the devil is to try to tell you, you have all the time you need to make things right. He wants you to think that, that you have all the avenue, all the time, you have all of 2020 to make things right. You have all of 2020, you have all of, of the rest of your life. You have another 30, 40, 50 years to make things right, and there's no need to take care of it right now. But I'm here to tell you, that's nothing but a lie and a deception from the devil. It's the work of the Antichrist that gets you to the place of comfort in your walk with God. To get you lackadaisical in your walk with God. To get you to the place that it really doesn't matter if you show up or not. It does not matter today if I pray or not. It doesn't matter if I read my word or not. It doesn't matter if I lean on my brother and sister or not. It doesn't matter because I have all the time in the world to make it happen. But the devil wants to deceive us. To get us to think that we have all that time and we really don't. To give you an example, I had a dear friend of mine. He was actually our board member the first two years of our church. His name's Brent Jenkins, and some of you may have read this on Facebook. I called him on Saturday morning. My heart was hurting for him. And they had a family gathering. If you know anything about the Jenkins family, when the family gets together, it's a big ordeal. And Brent was sitting next to his father on Friday night, and his father was talking. They were all, the families there in this big fellowship hall and playing games, and his dad began to talk and, and began to share some things. And, 
and Brent was just getting kind of tired, and he kind of slumped in his chair a little bit, and Brent began to close his eyes, and he wanted to sleep for a moment, and he heard his dad make a snoring sound. He thought his dad was making fun of him. So he perked up, and he looked over, and his dad made one more sound, and he died right there in the seat. This was Friday night at a Christmas gathering. And he said, Tim, he said, I know my father has had heart problems. And he's had issues throughout his life and, and things of that nature. And I, I had prepared myself for the last few years that it could really happen at any time. And he said, I looked at my mom, and my mom looked at him, and she said, he is gone. She knew that in that moment that he, he had left this life. And I'm thankful that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful he was walking with God. I'm thankful that he was uh, living the way he should be living. Uh, with Brent. Brent told me he felt like his, his heart was right with the Lord. But you never know when it's your time. You could be in the seat around family and begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord and celebrate family and all these things. But in a moment's notice, he lost his father just like that. Brent didn't know really how to handle it because his kids began to see Grandpa pass away right there in the seat. Family members had to get in. And uh, some of the family members are, 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 are people in the medical field, and they tried to, try to resuscitate him and breathe the breath of life back at him and, and do chest compressions. All the while, the kids were gathering around wondering what in the world happened to Grandpa, what happened to Uncle, what happened to, to Great Grandpa, what happened in this situation. But in that moment, life was very fleeting. Time stops for no man. Time will go on, and our life will come to an end. But the devil wants to deceive us that we will live forever, that this flesh will go on. How many times that we pray the prayer, I will pray tomorrow. I will seek God next week. I, I will do the work of God another time. I, I will teach a Bible study another day. I will call so-and-so the next day. I will repair that relationship another time when it's more convenient. Let me tell you, there is no better convenient time than right now. I said there is no better time to live for the Lord than right now. The devil has deceived us and we have caused uh, different avenues in our life to fall prey to circumstances and fall prey to, to other people swaying us to not living like we really should. Some of us have fallen by the wayside and things we used to hold a, a great standard. And I'm not talking about a physical or a dress standard. I'm talking about a standard of living for the Lord and a true desire and hunger for God. But we have allowed the devil to convince us. And yes, it is the devil and it is our flesh to convince us that God and having a relationship with God is not important. And you'll have another opportunity. Now, I was at work with a man in Kentucky. He was my team leader. And he was at his desk on the phone with his wife. He was a man that's about 52, 53 years of age. Strong man, in good health. He was a team leader. He could do about anything on a car that you need him to do. He could, he, I, would, I would text him or call him back there in his bay. and he, he, he would, I'm on it. I'll take care of it. And uh, he was sitting at his desk. And he was sitting, if you've ever been into a shop, uh, a dealership shop or anything like that, they have these big metal desks. And these metal desks are attached and bolted to a brick wall. And he was sitting at this desk at his computer typing, and, and he was on his cell phone with his wife, and he had his, his phone on his shoulder like this, and he was talking and typing and doing some work and talking to his wife. And a man that was pulling in a car right behind him in the bay, 
he was working on it. He was a young man. And he began to move this car, but this car was set up a little bit different. It had had handicapped uh, uh, levers and, and, and pedals in it. And the boy really didn't understand how to operate the vehicle. But yet he got in that vehicle and he hit the gas instead of the brake. And pinned that man against that desk. Hit that chair from behind him and his chest began to be pushed. And that car, he was so afraid that he couldn't hit the brake. So he had his foot on the gas, and that car was just putting pressure on his body. He dropped the phone talking to his wife. Sweet, sweet couple. He got off the phone, picked up the phone. He felt like he was okay. He called. He said, hey, I'm going to have to call you back. I, I, something's not right, I, I, but I'll be okay. He hung up the phone. The ambulance came. They got him on the stretcher. He called his wife again and said, I'm on my way to the hospital, but I'm going to be okay. Just pray for me. I'm, they're going to take me to Jewish Hospital. It was in Louisville, Kentucky. And on his way to Jewish Hospital, he died right in the ambulance. At the beginning of that day, we didn't see death on the horizon. We didn't see that moment of, uh, uh, of death in that day. We didn't see that moment when no more decisions could be made. We, we didn't see a moment when there would be emptiness and heartache and pain in that day. But that day and that time ended for that man. I'm thankful that he had a walk with God. I'm thankful that he had a trust in God. And I was so amazed because his wife came into work that very, very next day. In fact, it may have been the same day. And I was kind of freaked out. I'm like, she's going to sue the company. The owner was a little bit like, okay, what's going to happen? And she walked in there with such a sweet spirit. She said, I want to speak to the young man that hit my husband. So with a little bit of bodyguards around she walked up to him and gave him the biggest hug. And she said, I forgive you. And she said, I love you because God loves you. Now, I, I, I don't understand that kind, of, that kind of forgiveness and that kind of love. But it's only done by the grace and the mercy of God. But I'm here to tell you today, there will be a day and there will be an hour where no more decisions can be made. first deceptions the devil tried to convince us is that you have all the time in the world. You have all the time in the world to make the decisions. We get so wrapped up in the petty things of life and we allow our circumstances and we hang on to grudges and we hang on to circumstances and we hang on to, 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 to money. We hang on to, to livelihood. We hang on to identity. We hang on to our past. We hang on to our present and we hang on to what should be our future. But the, really the only thing that we should hold on to is the word of God and his presence and knowing who he is. That's what we need to be faithful to. devil convinced Adam and Eve that they had all the time in the world, that they would have all the knowledge that they needed, and you'll be able to separate what's good and evil, and you'll be able to make those right decisions, and you'll be able to figure out on your own. God just doesn't want you to see what he sees. God, I'm here to, that God wants you to see everything that he sees, because he wouldn't take you to heaven if he didn't want you to see everything. 
He, he, he wants you to walk on streets of gold. He wants you to see those walls of jasper. He wants you to see the, the gates filled with one pearl. He wants you to see things for what they are. And if I can help you today and help somebody in this room to understand the circumstance that you are in right now, and that is tomorrow is not promised to you. The devil has convinced so many people and convinced you without a shadow of a doubt that you have next week and next month and the year after that. How many times do we wait for the first of the year to start something new? Guess what? The first of the year may not come for you. I said the first of the year may not come for you. Your life may come for you. The Lord may come for you. Circumstances may come for you. It pains me to understand that we have an opportunity right now to make things right with God. And people are falling by the wayside saying it doesn't matter. I got more time. I got more places to go. I got more things to consume. I got circumstances that are deep. Oh, where is the hunger for the presence of God to make our spirits right, right now. My God. It's frustrating to watch a soul go down to a burning hell when they still got breath in their lungs and they're heading on their way to hell and we try to love them and we try to be kind to them but let me just take that kindness off for a moment and say you're on your way to a devil's hell and it's only the grace of God that you're still living today and God has given you an opportunity to make things right right now. goes against my nature to be in somebody's face and have confrontation. But if I can confront your spirit right now, the spirit that I'll live for God when circumstances are perfect and I'll live for God and I'll do the things of God when, when so-and-so does right and if I don't have my spouse with me, then I really can't live with who. Let me just take you a moment. It is not, your, your soul is not dependent upon your spouse. It's between you and God. And I'm looking for somebody in the home to stand up and say, I'm going to serve God no matter what somebody else does in the family. i got to serve God and I'm going to help lead my family to the Lord because this is what happens. Find in the scripture, and it's very, it was this morning when God showed this to me. I couldn't sleep last night. In fact, I can't hardly sleep anymore at all. My wife tells me I'm waking up in my dreams talking about goofy stuff. And, and uh, I just, I'm, I'm just waking up all the time. And uh, through the night, and last night I couldn't sleep. I was laying there and lights are out. And God began to deal with me about this in my bed. And God began to speak to me about the end of this year. That the end of this year is a kind of a, a momentary kind of a thing to kind of get us reinitialized into a, a new year. It's a, a new beginning for some. And, and then God began to share, remind me of those two stories of, that, of these two men that I share that have passed away. And I began there, and I didn't tell my wife this, but I began to cry in bed because I was fearful of one day that there were going to be people that will pass away without their right life right with the Lord. There are people in this church here today that you're messing around with your walk with God. 
You're messing around with the things of God. And I'm not a prophet here today, but I know what the Word of God says. And maybe I can put on the words of a prophet right now and say, you better be careful of where you step in this world. You better be careful of the decisions that you make when you leave this place here today. You need to make sure your life is right right now. You need to make sure your election is sure right now. You need to make sure that you are not being deceived right now. You need to make sure your life is represented well in the kingdom of God right now. This is what happens. It's found, it's played out in Scripture. We find that the devil convinced Eve that time was, was something that she had for eternity. She had plenty of it. In fact, in this time, you're going to be able to be like God. And you're going to be able to play with things. You're going to be the master of your own, uh, your own uh, life, so to speak. And we find that the devil is not satisfied with just deceiving Eve. He wasn't satisfied in just deceiving Eve. He wants to deceive the whole family. I said he wants to deceive the whole family. So he wasn't satisfied with just deceiving the one person. He says now, Eve, he, he convinced Eve to go and give Adam some fruit as well. And he, he convinced the whole family, if you will, to get them to understand that, that we will just be like God and we have all the time in the world. But let me tell you today, we don't have all the time in the world. There will be a day that God will part the sky and that Jesus will come for a church. But some of us are going to be of the ones of the grave that are going to meet heaven. That we may not see them as, as we are alive and remain. We may be caught up out of the grave. So your time will come before the coming of the part of the eastern sky. And what I mean by that is when you die, I think there is, a, there is something of a doctrine out there that believes that if you die, people can pray you out of hell or out of purgatory and get to heaven. That is a lie from God or lie from the world. That's a lie. That's a lie. That is not in the world, and that is not in the word, and that's false doctrine. It disturbed me. I was at a funeral one time, and I knew that person wasn't right with the Lord, and I began to pray for the family, and the priests and different people there were praying that person out of purgatory and allowing them to get in heaven. And I said, my God, what a great deception has fallen upon this edifice of a church and of a community. There are many people in this world that have gone to funerals and people are putting people in heaven without even understanding of their walk with God. Oh, woe unto us that will fall under the deception that we have all the time in the world. So what people believe and what the devil wants us to believe, that even if you die, even if you fall by the way of the grave, it doesn't matter how you live because people can pray you out of that place into heaven. The deception of the Muslim faith is that you do works and you can make your way into heaven. It doesn't matter which how you live. You may make mistakes, but as long as you do enough works, you can make it to heaven. It's not works that make us to heaven alone. That's not, that's not what it is. You can come around and clean the church, and you can come around and do this and that, but that doesn't get you to heaven. I don't have a ticket for you 
that if you come and clean and do different things, that I say, okay, now you have granted access into heaven. That's not, way, that's not the way it works, y'all. It's repentance. It's baptism in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking a righteous life, and being, and being a conduit of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has challenged me and my boldness over the last several months. And, and uh, we were, yesterday afternoon, we were at DSW Shoe Warehouse. My wife kept condemning my old shoes that I loved. They were so comfortable. Telling me they have four shades of brown. And, and they, were, they were, but they were comfortable. Now I'm wearing new shoes that are very uncomfortable. You know. I'm breaking them in right now. My feet are dying. I, my wife tells me, you need, to, you need to fix yourself up just a little bit. I, I counted, I wore the same jacket and pants six weeks in a row. How many really noticed that I wore the same jacket and pants six weeks in a row? Brother Rimmer, shame on you. Shame on you for paying attention to what a man wears. He hasn't been here in five weeks. He's been working. But he noticed the last time I wore that. The reason why I say that is certain things just really shouldn't matter a whole lot. There's certain things that just, I, I, I like wearing nice things. My wife bought me a suit, and I had to go take that in. I was so thankful she bought me a suit that was way too big. I said, thank you for the compliment. I was thinking I was that big, and I needed a size smaller. Praise the Lord for that. And I, she says, you need to fix yourself up a little bit. Be, and I'm like, you know what? When it comes to the, you know, I'm thinking this in my mind, and I'm, I'm thankful for a wife that wants to make sure I look nice, and, and that's, that's a blessing and all those things. But I, in, in my mind, the reason why we're coming together is not because of what tie you're wearing, what suit we're wearing. Brother Mike, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the name brand on your suit. And it doesn't matter if it's from what's some of those really big expensive stores. Von Mar and Marshalls is expensive sometimes for me. Uh, come on now. And uh, TJ Maxx, I was like, come on now, you all need to come down on your prices a little bit. And, uh, you know, we, we get so caught up, and this is a Christmas season. And we get caught up in things. And, and, uh, but we show love and appreciation for one another of those things. And I, I, I don't want to, my identity should not be in what is, is going to end. I, my, my, my identity is not in the car I drive. My daughter would think different about my Lincoln. She does think my identity falls on that, on that car that I drive. I, it, it's not in the, 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 the clothes that we wear. It's not in the places we go. It's not in the things that we eat. It's not in the things that our identity needs to be in Jesus Christ. Because this is one thing that we have to realize. That time stops for no man. And there will be a time. The Bible says it is once for point us to die. And we will die unless God comes for us when we're still alive and he, he raptures us home. But I, I, I think there's something to value we have to understand. That, that when we look at the material things that are around us, it will burn with our flesh. I said our houses will burn with our flesh. That nice paint job Mike you put on your house, 
it will burn with the flesh. It, it, the things that we do to improve our homes and our family is great. And I'm so thankful that you're able to do those things. I'm so thankful that we're able to, to, to be a part of some wonderful things in this earth. But when it comes down to my walk with God versus having a new car, I want my walk with God to be the priority over the things that are created by man in this world. Therefore, there's got to be a hunger for the presence of God over the things of this world. I, it's in the book of James. That I, I believe it's in the book of James. Forgive me if I've if I'm got the wrong book there. But it, 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 I believe it, it shares this, the, the, the scripture that, that I preached on a while ago, uh, maybe four or five weeks ago, that it says that the cravings, of the man. It talks about the cravings of the flesh and the cravings of the man. And I think that there is a there is a tussle, if you will, and there is a there is a pull, if you will, to have our identity. And there's this war in our flesh to have an identity of one thing, but God says, I want you to have your identity in me. And there's a there's a craving for, for man. God wants you so bad that he died for you. He died for us, but we're, we're, we don't want God bad enough to die for him. I, I, I wonder, there are many people that will walk out of this room and forget this message ever took place. But then there are other people I feel in the spirit that I got your attention. And you're contemplating right now at what your life will look like if you make your mind up that you're going to serve the Lord the way you know how to serve for God. Or where the word of God teaches us how to serve God. There's a, there's a war. I can feel that in the presence of God right now. I can feel that in your spirit. And what the devil will try to do in this moment, he's going to convince you that you have time. That it's going to be okay. This, you don't need to serve the Lord right now. You just wait. You'll, you'll have that dying bed moment where you can call out to the Lord. You'll have that opportunity. But that's not appointed to everybody. That's not appointed to everybody. There are people that lose loved ones and, and different, see people pass away. I, I can't imagine what would happen to my life if my wife passed away. I couldn't imagine what would happen if my child passed away and my son passed away and I did not pass along the words of God into their life. I didn't pass on what it means to be a true child of God. And pass on what it means to be a real man of God. And pass on what it means to understand the kingdom of God. And how important the house of God is. And how important living for the Lord is. And how important it is to love one another. And how important it is to forgive one another. And how important it is to, to release somebody from their bondage. And how important it is to, to love somebody even though they may not love you. Pass on what it means to live a life after God. Now, how many have your scriptures with you? You still have your scripture? I hadn't forgot about you. Here's what's going to keep us. It is the word of God. I said what's going to keep us is the word of God. We have got to become a church. And if you're a guest here today, I'm challenging you as well. You have got to be in the word. I said you've got to be in the Word. Don't just read the Word to get it off your checklist, check it off your list. I know we got the bread program, and that's, that's a good thing to do. But you need to digest the Word, 
and let it speak to you. I'm so thankful. One of the things that we, we talked about with Sister Nicole about Bible quizzing is to, to teach these kids the Word of God, but also to teach them what it means. That's a very important process in doing Bible quizzing. Bible quizzing is great, right, to learn the Word of God. But if you don't really know what it means, no life in it. And so I'm thankful that, that, that she is teaching them the understanding of what it means beyond just understanding the Scripture or reading, just quoting a Scripture. But the Word of God will change you. The Word of God will change the atmosphere, Sister Naomi. I said the Word of God will change the atmosphere because it becomes alive when we put into action. Now what we're going to do here is something I don't think I've ever done before. I said, I'm going to, if you would raise your hand, and I will call on you, and I want you to stand, and I want you to proclaim the word of God, and speak the word of God into the air. And the rest of us that hear that word, we're going to say amen, and we're going to respond to what is being spoken. Somebody say amen. Because what has to happen perhaps even in our home and perhaps even in different places, that it's okay to read the word, but it's important to speak it out loud because it changes the atmosphere. Have you ever seen the difference between somebody, you're reading the word, but when you begin to speak it out loud, it changes things. It puts things in order around you. It puts things in its place. I, I used to raise up, raise up and hear my father read the word out loud and pray out loud, and it would change the whole household. Because it was the de declaration that the Word of God is going forth right now. And everything that is not of God has got to go. Because it cannot receive the Word of God. So, Tommy's got a scripture ready. Sister Naomi, stand up and read it. Come on, somebody say amen. Let that Word speak to you. Somebody needs to wait upon the Lord. Brother Mike. Was, that was ordained by the Lord, those two scriptures coming together just like that. I want you to speak it. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Come on, let's thank the Lord right now. There's a lot of promises in that word. They shall not be weary. They shall not faint. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Brother Paul, won't you stand and read your scripture? Come on, somebody say amen. Now, I want you to notice something right now. Now, most of you read that scripture in your seat and you read that, read out of the Bible and you read that scripture. But when you got up and proclaimed the word of God, there was a trembling in your voice. Something changed. Something began to move in your life. Something began to be welled up in you. Did somebody, did somebody else see that? That's the difference between just reading the Bible and proclaiming the Bible. When you allow the Word of God to work through you, 
Come on, somebody say amen. Work through you, begin to speak the things of God into the atmosphere. The deceiver cannot come in into your mind if you're proclaiming the word of God. Elder Hayward, go ahead and read your scripture. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. When you begin to declare the goodness of God and the promises of God, the atmosphere changes. We ain't convinced yet. We're going to read a few more. Sister Bonnie, why don't you read what you got? Somebody say amen. The Lord breaks the staff. Is that what it said of the wicked? The Bible says his rod and staff comforts us. And the Lord will break the staff of the wicked. Somebody said, Nicole, what you, what you got? You got a scripture? Read it, read it for us. All right. Somebody say amen. Come on. Somebody say amen. Sister Charlene, go ahead and read yours. Read aloud. Somebody say amen. Hey, you got to read verse 2 with verse number 1 of Psalms 1 there. Amen. That's so beautiful. Somebody else. All right. Sister Ose. Beautiful. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Somebody know what it means to sow in tears, but I also know what it means to reap in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Becky, why don't you stand and read? Amen. Somebody say amen. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame. You know what? Here's what attitude that we need to have. When you're going through something, you need to proclaim the word of the Lord. This is a perfect scripture. Fear not, for I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed, or I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by the name thou art mine. Thank you, Jesus, for calling me yours. When thou passest through the waters, Tim, I will, it will not be overtake me. When I go through the rivers, it will not overflow me. When I walk through the fire, the fire shall not burn me. Neither shall the flame kindle upon me. When we start declaring the word of God, it will change the atmosphere. I said when we declare the word of God, it changes the atmosphere. Somebody else. Yes. Amen. Somebody say amen. How many are feeling encouraged here today? Dad, what you got? We got a scripture for us. Oh, somebody say amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Let's receive that word right now. Let's begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive your word. Lord, we have spoken your word into the air with authority and with conviction and with power. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I declare your word to be true. I declare your word to be righteous. I declare your word to be the right thing. I declare your word to be forever settled. It always was. It always is. And it always shall be. Lord, we love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for coming against the wicked. I thank you, Lord, that we can rise above sin, that we can, God, be an overcomer, that, God, you have forgiven us of our sin. And there's no time like the present to receive your word. There's no time like the present, Lord, to receive that renewing of salvation. There's no time like the present, Lord, to receive the power and the conviction of your word here today. We need about two more. Amen. Two more people that will begin to read. Amen. Brother Barkley, I know you got a scripture there. Why don't you read that? Oh, somebody say amen. How many's ever felt that way? Things are coming against you, but the Bible says, encourage yourself 
in the Lord. Amen. Sister Shanika, won't you stand and read your scripture? Oh, yes. And with fire. Come on, somebody say amen. Sister Shanika, won't you read? Can you, read, you mind reading that again? I think we need to hear that, that verse again here tonight, here today. Oh, yes. Come on, somebody say amen. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. I wonder what they were doing. They were reading the words and the things and the exploits of what the Lord had done. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Somebody say filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with others, other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Then Peter began to preach, and Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that there are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The devil was trying to get Eve deceived and get her family deceived so the next generation would be deceived. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you power, not just to you, but to your children and then their children and the next generation. I'm looking for a call right now of people that will stand to your feet and declare that the word of God is true and the power of God is real. And we're going to walk out of this place with a new step. We're going to walk out of this place with the right attitude and with confidence and say, I have been chosen by God and I'm going to live for the Lord and I'm going to do the things of God. Oh, come on, let's pray right now in the name of Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.